Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, it, it may sound too comprehensive, but it's just the fact, the truth, that no matter what you're dealing with, the answer is faith in God. Everything, anything. And it's especially true when you don't understand what's going on. Uh, when you think, what in the world? How did this happen? What am I going to do? Quit asking that and look to the Lord and begin to affirm, the Lord will help me. He always causes me to triumph, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the spirit. I have the unction and anointing of the Holy One. And I know and I will know everything I need to know. That's faith to talk like that and act like that. And if you'll do that, you, you open yourself up for the Lord to begin to infuse you with the help that you need. And you start acting like, the overcomer that you are. <laughs> get your Bible, get something to take a note with. Come on into the classroom here and let's release faith for today. Father, we're so thankful for all you've already given us. You just give and give and give and give and you never stop giving. And we're glad to receive it and keep on receiving. Add to us today that which we need. We purpose to be doers of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me, please, to Matthew 12 again. We're uh, continuing our study in faith for healing, looking at these individual cases of healing. And we're down to the fifth one here of the healing of the man with the withered hand. And we'll read it again in Matthew's account, um, verse 1, chapter 12 said that at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. His disciples were hungry. They began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said, Behold, look, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. You see, they're, they're breaking the law. They're not keeping the Sabbath. And Jesus said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? They that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and ate the showbread, which is not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. You know, there'll always be things we don't understand or don't understand yet. The important thing is to keep your heart right and, and keep your spirit right. And as we saw uh, yesterday, you never want to join with the accuser of the brethren. That's the enemy of God. And what were they doing? Accusing. Accusing him. Kept on saying. Accusing. Finding fault. How they might find fault and accuse. Um, he said, or verse 5, Or have you never read in the law uh, how that the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath days, the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath. They work on the Sabbath and yet they're blameless. I say to you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. If you had known that God's main thing, more than sacrifice, more than sacrificing to keep a rule or doing anything, is kindness, mercy. God 
is love. Amen. Didn't say God is rules. Mm. Right? Yes. God is love. Now, when he says something's right, it's right. When he says something's right to do, it's right to do. And always. But it doesn't change the fact that he didn't make us. He goes on to say, you know, uh, uh, in Mark, he said, the man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for the man. Uh, God didn't make us to keep his rules. He revealed these truths to help us. Went on to say, when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. They asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? See, they're still wanting to make a deal out of him breaking the Sabbath. That they might what? Accuse him. Accuse him. He said to them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Oh, friend. If we could just stay with Jesus thinking <laughs> and get rid of all the other religious junk, then it answers the questions. And you don't uh, question the will of God that undermines your faith for healing. He made it simple because it is. The enemy makes it complex and confusing. He, he asked them, he says, what about you? If you've got a sheep in a ditch on the Sabbath day, will you get him out? If they'd be honest, they knew they would. They knew they had. Right? Why did he bring that up? Then that answers your question about should we have some healing here in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. It's no different than getting the sheep out of the ditch on the Sabbath day. And yet, you got millions of church-going people that believe that it might not be God's will to heal for any number of religious so-called spiritual reasons. And yet, if they got a pet, they got a dog, they got a cat, they got a canary, they got a goldfish. Right? You never see them stopping and praying, and trying to ascertain the will of God. Is it God's will to feed my goldfish? Never. Is it God's will? My cat got sick. Well, yeah, but you, you know, maybe it's God's will for the cat to be sick. You don't hear people talk like that, do you? And yet, they come to church and decide that we are better, more kind with our animals than God is with his people, with his sons and daughters. Accuse him, hear that word again? See, people are accusing God right and left. Accuse him of either not caring or somehow it's his will he wants to see us suffer. Really? Is that not evil? If you enjoy seeing people suffer, how's that okay? Hmm? Does God hold us to a different standard than himself? 
How can that be? Let me show you something that's interesting uh, over in the scripture here. You remember uh, Balaam and what happened with him? You know, he had an issue with his donkey. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, in Numbers 22, um, he was, uh, Balaam was riding his donkey and he was going somewhere he shouldn't be going to do something he shouldn't be doing because the Lord told him not, not to do it. But there was big money involved and he wanted that money. And so he saddled his donkey and he's riding to where he shouldn't be going. And an angel of the Lord uh, with a sword stood in front of the donkey and the donkey saw the angel, but Balaam didn't. And so the donkey balked <laughs> and wouldn't go. And, when, and so Balaam is hitting the donkey saying, go, go, go. And finally, the donkey backed up some more. So he beat the donkey some more. And finally, the donkey leaned up against a fence or whatever it was and, and, and smushed Balaam's foot. And all oh, Balaam was mad and he beat the donkey some more. And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel. And he didn't want to go forward either anymore. <laughs> and uh, the angel in Numbers 22.32, it said, Numbers 22.32 in the NIV I'm reading, said the angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? <laughs> I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her. <laughs> now, if God is as disconnected from us and so far above us that he can't be bothered with all the stuff that's happening with us, or if he has just some kind of what would you call it? Twisted pleasure out of seeing us hurt? Then he wouldn't, you wouldn't see anything like this, right? That the angel brings up the donkey <laughs> and says to Balaam, why'd you beat your donkey? <laughs> and he's straight with him, isn't he? he what are you doing beating your donkey? Because you remember the, the Lord had actually given the donkey ability to speak. With a man's voice. <laughs> and what the donkey said was, why are you beating me? <laughs> Hadn't I been a good donkey? <laughs> Have I ever done this before? No. In other words, what's he saying? There's an angel with a sword ready. <laughs> You're trying to drive me through. Why'd you beat me? And you see, the, this is not just some random being. The angel, the messenger of the Lord, sent from the Lord, and he says, why'd you beat your donkey? Why? Is it bad to beat donkeys? Yeah, must be. <laughs> Is that right? Is it bad to be abusive and cruel to animals in the sight of God? How much better 
is a man than a donkey or a sheep, right? Or a sparrow. That's not my words. Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, you're worth more than many sparrows. He said, you're better than a sheep. And he cares about sheep. He cares about donkeys. I thought that was funny. (laughs) That the angel says, I'd have killed you and let your donkey live. (laughs) I don't know how much the donkey understood it at that point, but she's probably going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't you? Why are you beating me? Cruelty is condemned by God. Certainly if cruelty to animals is condemned, cruelty to each other, right, would be condemned. And to turn around and say, and God say, now you need to take care of your animals. You need to water them. You need to feed them. If they get in distress, you need to get them out of the ditch. And you're not to be abusive to them. And then turn around and say, but God may let you starve to teach you a lesson. And, and he may put cancer on you to show you. So, can you see how totally disconnected, how inconsistent, how wrong? I said, how wrong? How wrong? Go back to Matthew again, please. He said, there was the man that had the withered hand, verse 10. They said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? He said, what man shall there be among you that if he have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Certainly they would. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. The Lord actually corrected and uh, spoke harshly to uh, some of his shepherds uh, in the prophets. And one thing that he rebuked them about is that this this is all in Exodus 34. He said, uh, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. And he said, uh, they, uh, the diseased of my sheep, you have not strengthened. Verse four, you've not healed that which was sick. You've not bound up that which was broken. You've not brought again what was driven away. You've not sought that which was lost. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. He is rebuking the overseers of his people. And one of the things he brings up specifically, the diseased, you didn't strengthen. And the sick, you didn't heal. Well, Jesus is revealed, one of the big things he's revealed as, as the good shepherd. Isn't that right? Is Jesus a good shepherd or not? How can he, uh, you know, rebuke his under shepherds for not getting the sick healed and then him, the good shepherd, not his will for his sheep to be healed? Mm. Cannot be. Can you see that? Cannot be. I mean, how could he judge anybody for not taking care of their flock and he refuses to take care of his flock? And it's not his will for his flock. He is the good shepherd. Amen. And the good shepherd takes good care of the flock. Amen. That's why the 23rd Psalm is so wonderful. Because it describes not only then, it describes our good shepherd today. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus. And how that he leads us beside still waters. And 
and he guides and protects us. His staff and his rod, they comfort us. He prepares a table before us. Can you see provision and protection and help? And is he the good shepherd or not? Well, he was the good shepherd back there then. He never changes. And when a man came into his midst with a withered hand, he could have lived with that. Maybe got to old age with that. I don't know. But with Jesus, it was not okay. Right? That's one of his sheep. Right? His dog has a hurt paw. His sheep has a hurt hoof. His man has a hurt hand. Come on, can you see that? And it ought to be fixed. See, that's specifically what he said about that woman that was bent over with the spirit of infirmity for those years. And they said, don't be healing on the Sabbath day. That's Luke 14. Six days to work. Come in them and be healed. Not on the Sabbath day. He said, you hypocrite. And he said it again. Did not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or ass, lead him away to, to watering? And ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Who bound her up? Satan. Not God. Not God. Satan bound this woman with this physical problem of being bent over. Jesus said the devil did that. And he had bound her for 18 years. And he said she ought to be loosed on the Sabbath day. He told her, be loosed from your infirmity. Immediately she straightened up and she was. Oh, glory to God. And when you quit questioning the will of God and you get it settled, and you're fully persuaded about these things, that's when we'll start seeing loosening and healing and restoration. As long as you're wondering, and well, what if, and it could be, and it might be, there's no faith there. And so there won't be any manifestation there. And that's why we're going to keep on going through case 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 16, 17, 18, 19. At some point, we should become fully persuaded. Do you think so? At some point, if we're paying attention, <laughs> we should decide. Of course. Isn't that the first one we started out with, the healing of the, the leper? And that was his big question. I know you could do it. If you will. And what did Jesus say? One translation said, of course I will. Be healed. Be cleansed. And he was. Instantly. Immediately. You got to get it. So nobody can get it settled for you except you. You decide what you believe. But oh friend, don't listen to the ideas of men and religion and tradition of men. Listen to the words of Jesus. Listen to the words of the master. Let that be your final answer, Amen. your final authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when it is written, that means it should be settled. Amen. Right? Yes. When you got it is written, it should be settled. Amen. So he went on to say, he said, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth. Now, for years I read that. And in my mind, I would think he, the Bible said the man's right hand. Other translations said it was shriveled. Uh, one said it was deformed. So something happened that it doesn't have life flow, nerve flow. I don't know what it is. Damage, birth defect, who knows. But it's drawn, shriveled, I reckon, unusable. And Dr. Luke said it was the right hand. And Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. For years in my mind, I saw the man extend his arm. But that's not what the Lord told him. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Yes. What did the Lord tell him to do? 
Stretch forth what? Your hand. Yeah, but the hand's withered. Can you see? The hand doesn't work. And see, that's consistent with he'd tell paralyzed people, rise and walk. Yeah, but you can't because you're paralyzed. What is he calling on them to do? An act of faith, right? An act, you know, not trying it, but making the effort to do what they cannot do. Hmm? And now you notice, uh, look at the scripture again, what happened? He said, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth and it was restored whole. It didn't happen the other way around. It didn't say it was restored whole and he stretched it out. Y'all with me, friends? Make sure you get this. What happened? He commanded him to stretch it out. Faith comes by hearing. When the man heard that, can he have faith to do this? Yeah, based on what the Lord told him, right? The power is in the words. And we know Jesus didn't just say this randomly. He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. And the, the faith was there in the words. The power was there in the words. But was it necessary for him to make this act before there was a manifestation of power? It was. It was. And this is where so many times people miss it. They think, well, Lord, heal me and I'll get up. <laughs> Restore my hand and I'll stretch it out. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's not faith. Anybody can respond after you see something, after you feel something. We walk by faith, not by sight. So he told him, stretch forth your hand. And the man must have believed it. That's why he's in the book. Right? What did he do? What did he do? He made the effort to do. How many times has he tried to make that hand work? You know? Who knows? How long has it been this way? And no, no results. No way. Can't do it. Can't do it. You know, mind over matter. No. No. <laughs> Keep trying. No. But today's different. Because there's the word from God and there's faith and there's healing power. He made the effort to stretch forth his hand, expecting, oh, come on, come on, can you hear? Expecting it to be different this time. Expecting to be able to do what he was just commanded to do. And when he reached the end of his ability to obey this command, he met the power of God. Amen. Oh, come on, can you see? He met the power of God, and the power, but the power of God didn't manifest until he was at the end of what he could do. Oh, come on, can you see this class? This is how it, this is how it always has worked, and it always will work. If you sit and go, well, make it right, and I'll be glad to use it. No, no, it's not how it works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He stretched it out and met, oh, something happened. <laughs> something happened in that synagogue that day, even with the glaring Pharisees and doctors of the law. And it came all the way out. 
Woo, glory to God. Don't you, how, how many think the fellow probably shouted right then? He probably, oh, glory to God. Oh, oh, oh. It was restored whole, just as good as the other one. And one translation says, as, as restored to uh, its former condition, as, as good as it ever had been. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rest, restored on the day of rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healed by the power of God. And the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him how they might destroy him. In, in Luke, it says, if you read the Weiss translation, it says they were incensed uh, be, to the point of insanity. They were enraged. They just couldn't stand it. And they went and even tried to deal with people that they normally wouldn't deal with to try to find some way to stop him, shut him up, destroy him. Who's motivating that? That's the devil. The devil hates healing. Oh, he hates it. Why? Because it shows the goodness of God. It shows who God really is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A God that even cares about animals. Sheep. Right? A God whose angel said, I'd have killed you and left that donkey alone. <laughs> oh, glory to God. And we see that even though they went out and trying to kill him, verse 15, when he knew it, he knew what they were doing, but what did he say? Let's just have some more healing services. <laughs> he went out and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. We didn't just have one hand healed. We had thousands of people healed from thousands of things. Why? Because this is who God is. This is who he was, who he is, who he always will be. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And our time's up again. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. Guys, I've really enjoyed being with you again this week in Faith School. Uh, I'm confident that we're making progress and the will of God is getting established in our hearts. Uh, many of you are partners with us and so into this ministry on a regular basis. And I want to encourage you that just like God cares about uh, our needs physically, like we're saying, uh, He cares about our financial and material needs. Uh, the scripture said in Matthew 6 that the Lord knows you have need of all these natural things, what you eat, what you drink, what you put on. So claim harvest off the seed that you have sown. I want to speak it over you right now in Jesus' name. I claim with these folks harvest over the seed that they have sown. I agree with them. I call every need met. I call every bill paid in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God knows you need it. Want you to have it? I'm agreeing with you. It's coming your way. It's heading to you. If you're not a partner and you'd like to become one, there's information on your screen there. Get a part of this. This is making a difference. People are getting a hold of who God really is and is changing their lives. We love you. We thank God for you. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.